0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, some special attention today to caring for people that we love this Christmas. The truth is, in most families, there'll be ageing grandparents or great-grandparents, sometimes becoming a little more frail than they used to be. In some families, it may be the last Christmas with an ageing family member who may still be at home or living in aged care. Well, some insights today for families with a pastoral care expert. John Swinton is the founder of the University of Aberdeen's Centre for Spirituality, Health and Disability in Scotland. And he's here in Australia working as an associate consultant with Hammond Care. He's the author of a book called Dementia, Living in the Memories of God, and has a background as a mental health nurse and chaplain. And he's on the line with us. Hello a special welcome along to 2020 to you, John Swinton.
1: Thank you very much. Nice to be here.
0: John, when we talk about family members, this is going to be relating to most families of people listening in. Somebody's getting older, somebody's in a nursing home, part of our families. Is there a special way we need to be attending to their needs this Christmas?
1: Well, everybody's getting older. You're absolutely right. And sometimes Christmas just reminds us that we're moving on in life. Um, but when it comes to people with... Uh, dementia. One of the interesting things about Christmas time is it's, it's a time of great hope because it's a time of, of remembrance because we remember uh, the birth of Jesus and the hope that, that gives us for now and for the future. But we also remember our family and we come together as a community, as a community of this family. And people living with dementia, and particularly people living with advanced dementia, although they may not remember some of the details around Christmas, they still experience uh, love and care and affection and community so by being around one another in that situation we celebrate christmas even if we don't have the words to articulate that or we don't have the memories to remember that so it's hopeful in a kind of theological sense but it's also hopeful in the sense that we are just together and when you're together you experience things
0: You're constantly dealing with people in that sort of pastoral care level, people who are either ageing, they're in a nursing home or in those sorts of environments, perhaps still living at home, but it's bigger than just the one who is ageing. It's the whole family, isn't it? Because sometimes uh, we might be reflecting on the fact that we've lost a grandparent or great-grandparent through the year or we might be reflecting on the idea that this might be the last Christmas with Grandma yeah. or with granddad. Uh, yeah. what are your thoughts for the families who are around uh, those who are ageing?
1: Well, for families it can be very, very, a difficult time, particularly if somebody's ill or if they're faced with the prospect of dying. And then you've got a kind of strange tension because you've got the joy of Christmas, but you've also got the sadness of somebody who's moving on or about to move on, and it's how you hold on to that. One of the interesting things about the way that uh, the Bible talks about joy is joy is not simply happiness. Now sometimes we think to be joyful is to be happy and so we, we sing joyful praises. But actually joy, uh, the way that Jesus talks about it is something that incorporates suffering and incorporates loss and sadness and grief. So to be joyful is not just to be happy, it's actually to be with God in that sense, with God in the midst of all the difficulties. So my sense is that for families who are wrestling with grief issues, then it's important to be joyful in that sense. That is, to be able to articulate your sadness and your brokenness, but also to be able to hold on to the reality that Christmas brings hope and new possibilities. And it's just in that tension between the sadness and joy and hope that we come to Christmas. Because Christmas kind of sums that up in a, in a uh, positive way.
0: John, no doubt when people are approaching the end of their life uh, that all sorts of different emotions may be experienced uh there's uh, obviously as we talk about things in a, in the light of our christian hope there is a sense in which the sting of death can be taken away but people are going through all sorts of things give us a little insight if you're able into how people are thinking towards the end of their life so that we might be able to appreciate better how we might love and care for them at a christmas season
1: well it's always difficult when you're faced with the at the end of your life no matter what age you are because the kind of ordinary day-to-day hopes that you have and expectations are no longer available to you. So you need to find other ways of finding hope and, and meaning and purpose. But just you also have to find ways of helping people around you to deal with their sadness and to deal with your own sadness because the danger is that you become somebody who just bottles it up inside because you don't want to upset people. So articulating your sadness is really important. And there's a number of uh, churches that have, particularly at Christmas time, what they call blue services, where people who are encountering grief or encountering depression or encountering some kind of deep loss, come together for this particular service and they're just celebrating that. So people use the psalms of the lament to articulate sadness and brokenness, but there's also a sense of joyfulness. So it's a safe place where people can come and say, okay, Christmas is a good time, it's a joyful time, but I feel really sad. And when you share that sadness in community, then you realise that actually there are other people who are sad, but even in the midst of the sadness, there's some positive things to learn
0: and a good deal of hope. Well that's great advice to look out for churches that might be running what's called a blue service where people who are going through grief and illness uh, can help to articulate those things that are important and undoubtedly when it's a service it's all in light of God and his hope. Uh, But when it comes to we who might be feeling pretty good and Uh, we've got a loved one who is dying or, as you mentioned, uh, they're suffering dementia or some Mm -hmm. uh, disability in their elder age. Uh, This idea of openness, of not hiding, uh, you know, maybe being falsely joyful, this idea of expressing your own sadness, that's good for everybody. Is that the case?
1: It's very good for everybody. You know, when you look at the the Book of Psalms, which the prayer book of the Bible, really, there's more psalms of lament and sadness than there are any other kind of psalms. So God gives you a language to express your sadness, so it's okay to be, it's not like you, you're being unfaithful if you feel sad or if you feel broken or you speak about that, quite the opposite, because the psalmist is constantly talking about these things, sometimes in very uh, you know, aggressive and very concerning and anxious ways. So I think if you, if we begin to recognize that it's okay to be sad, it's okay to talk about that, and it doesn't mean that you somehow are losing your faith or you're somehow a lesser person, then that's a good thing. I mean, nobody wants to be talking about sadness all the time, but there has to be space where those of us who feel sad and broken can be sad and broken and don't have to pretend to be somebody else.
0: I imagine your timing is important when you have those sadness acknowledgments because you probably don't wait until, you know, the very moment when you're about to erupt in all sorts of uh, wonderful joyful happy emotion uh, at those times when the, the family is together but I suppose you as you say you have to make time so I imagine it's making time early uh, so that you can go through that and so that everybody has an opportunity to know that this is sad and then to yeah. be able to uh, to move on into those happier times.
1: That's exactly right. So it's got to be part of an ongoing conversation. So for that kind of talk about sadness needs to be something that you're doing all the time. There's a, there's a sense in which, I mean, there's always something to be sad about if it was gonna be negative, but there's a sense in which we should always be practicing how we can talk about difficult things. So that when we come to difficult things, we, we at least have a language or a vocabulary that allows us to do that. And if to go back to the Psalms of Lament, I think that's, that the Psalms of Lament does that. They're meant to shape and form us with a language that enables us to speak about sadness and speak about suffering at all times. So that when we come to those times where it's very acute, We can speak about it because we've got a grammar, we've got vocabulary. We don't feel that we have to be quiet with these things. But at the same time, there's a lot of things, particularly at Christmas, to be joyful about. Again, just getting that balance between um, joy and sadness and uh, grief and the possibility of happiness and hope.
0: I imagine, too, that not leaving those who are sick or dying uh, out on the edge out of the excitement, but taking the time to actually bring them into uh, something which they will historically remember as being times of great happiness. Uh, I imagine yeah. that's part of a, you know a way that we can love our families this year.
1: It absolutely, is. and that's something that you can do at, at home if the person at home. You can create an atmosphere of in which people can be accepted and participate. But it 's also something if you 're somebody 's in a care facility or if they 're in a hospital then it 's possible to to uh, engage with them in a way that brings uh, hopeful uh, joy to them, even in you know the kind of more clinical cold uh, situation in a hospital can be if you 're there with your family if you 're there with the people that love you, then you can begin to Uh, Even in the midst of dying, you can find healing in the sense that you're reconnected with yourself, with your family, and ultimately with God.
0: Well, there is a wonderful resource that you've been part of, John, and Hammond Care has released three short videos for Christmas and uh, you're featured on them and you're encouraging and supporting people who are going through these sorts of situations where uh, you've got an ageing loved one or you're dealing with the loss, the grief, uh, losing a loved one of recent times. Um, In those videos, uh, easy to access. Uh, How do people get a hold of those videos? Because, uh, you know, there are special sort of people listening to this conversation right now wanting to know some more.
1: Yes. Well, these videos are available on the Hammond Care website, which I think, uh, I don't have the URL for it. It's
0: hammond.com.au, hammond.com.au. That's it,
1: yeah. And they're just three short talks in relation to dementia, end-of-life care and depression, simply designed to or intended to help people to think positively and creatively about difficult situations.
0: Well, I'll encourage those listeners uh, who find themselves in that particular situation this coming Christmas season, uh, to access that really wonderful expert advice on how we deal with our a- ageing parents and uh, with those who are going through particular times of sadness this Christmas, hammond.com.au to be able to access those three short videos uh, featuring our guest J- John Swinton, who's the founder of the University of Aberdeen's Centre for Spirituality, Health and Disability in Scotland and he's here in Australia working as an Associate Consultant with Hammond Care. I'll mention too your book, John, Dementia, Living in the Memories of God. Uh, No doubt people can access that book too with a link on the Hammond Care website. John Swinton, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank
1: you. Thank you.